uh, they you know say we are not affiliated with any 12-step program this right. is just you know we're we're doing this on our own behalf there's no proceeds that we're not taking any money from this like okay. there's a little spiel um just so that everybody knows you know we're only sharing our experience strength and hope No, I was I was I've been working from home and like what you were saying about following the rules and it's just less stressful it's like I I'm dealing with a lot of people that have emotion a lot you know a lot of you know it's it's past the whole hey we'll get through this phase I hope that everybody's safe on your end too to now it's like dude what can you do for me because my life's falling apart and I need help you know what I mean and That's correct and I'm able to sit there and and I believe this is a, a gift from the program and, and by working the steps and, and going to um, the fellowship is I believe that, you know, I'm able to sit there and, and at least yesterday I was able to sit there and be like, it's none of this has anything to do with me. Let me just do whatever I can to do to help. And if it works for him, it works for him. If it doesn't work for him, that's fine. And I told somebody on the phone, I was like, look, I understand where you're coming from. And obviously I don't want you to leave the company, you know, the card, but if it's not working for you, I completely understand. And th these are the steps that we can do to close it. These are the alternatives. What works for you? And and it's just it's nice to be able to just be a consultant without having to, you know, I'm not trying to make the sale. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to help. And I don't know. I had a weird dream about the 441 group yesterday that I had gone to a meeting last night. And, and, and this is all in my dream. And the place was overrun with a bunch of drug addicts. And people that are like minus one on their days of sobriety, like everybody's last day of uh, intoxication and quote unquote partying. And the place was destroyed and it was a two level building and there was mud and dirt and everything everywhere. And I fucking stayed and, and like waited until the end of the meeting and I fucking cleaned the whole place. Like, so I don't know what that's telling me. I in my conscience. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I saying, like, hero. obviously, like, I want to like, willing to go to any length <laughs> in my dreams to, to do leave. service work. Buildings in a single bound. Thank Just you. Speeding locomotive. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for saving the 441. In in in, in my dreams, not in real life. <laughs> I haven't stepped foot yeah. in that place. <laughs> the funny thing about your dream, the funny thing about your dream is that if you go in there, as we used to, and on any given day, the room would be filled with people just like you described them. Because you would be one of them and I would be one of them. Exactly. Okay. One day removed from my last drink or drug. Yeah. Okay. One day removed from that insanity. Yeah. In the dream, it wasn't even one day removed. It was like the day before I decided to stop doing it. You it know what I mean? Well, some, some days <laughs> It'd be even worse. Thinking, my, some days my thinking clarifies me to be in that category. Exactly. Uh, how's your dad doing? No, my dad My dad called me and, and, and he's like, do you have latex gloves? And I was like, I have two pairs. He's like, are you using them? And I told him yes, even though I hadn't been using them, you know, because I just didn't want him to panic, you know. But he's like, I'm sending you more gloves. This is the proper way to take off the mask. And I let him give me the instructions. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, loving, thanks. What a loving act on your father's part. Yes, that's that's the takeaway is like, I I even said, I'm like, who is this? What number is this that's calling me? And he started laughing because, you know. What a loving, caring, concerned, compassionate mm -hmm. act on his part. Wow. Yeah. It was awesome. 
if he never says I love you with those words, know what he said to you yesterday was I love you. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know that, Mitch. He's Wow. That's awesome. That's great. Wow, I'm I'm envious. <laughs> I was fifty years old before my father ever said I love you. So so I mean when I was in the cemetery funeral business, I would walk through the lobby and the speakers would be out in the lobby during a service and I would stand there and within seconds I could identify that the speaker was an adult grandchild eulogizing their grandparent mm -hmm. and talking about that relationship and that intimacy and the honesty and the trust. And I would stand there and start to cry because I never knew my grandparents. Mm. And I never had that relationship with my parents. And here was an adult grandchild. And I used to say, and that's what I'm feeling now. I mean, it's, it's, it's somewhat nostalgic. Um, but what a loving, kind act by your father. Wow. And the, and the ability of you to see it, recognize it, and receive it, and not mock it. Wow. That's a memorable moment. Yeah. Well, COVID-19, 2020, dad called me to tell me he loved me by asking about masks and gloves. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mean to wax on this, but it's just for those of us out there that are listening that never have had those relationships. It's very powerful to hear that they exist and, and, and that they're appreciated. So I just I just wanted to share that. And if I was looking at you now, I'd probably be crying. Well, knowing me better, I'd probably be laughing because that way I'd have to, I could mask <laughs> uh, I could use humor in some way. I could say, I, I'm even doing it now. I'm moving yeah. away from feeling. That's how I do it. Okay, I'm moving away from the moment I shared with you where I was really in touch with that feeling. Now I'm looking for a joke. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to take a deep breath and stay with the feeling. Thank you for sharing that. That's, oh, that's you're great. Welcome. You're a very fortunate man. How was your week, Mitch? What did you, what, did you have any exciting stories? Uh, well, not exciting, exciting, but our week was good. We, we, we transferred more stuff from Alice's office to the house and we're moving things around to make the house her office. Right. Um, we had to go to the bank to sign a couple of SBA things for her payroll protection money. Right. If some of that, um, just, I don't know what, what <laughs> I, I've said before on Facebook, thank God I have a smartphone that tells you what day it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I now measure my week. It used to be by doctor's appointments. Now I measure my week by, okay. Publix is Monday, Thursday, Sunday. Oh, okay. I, but tomorrow I get to go out. Um, it's. Let me start out by saying it's a great week. I didn't drink. Right. All right. So so everything follows that follows that. Um, it was, I, you know, I don't know, Alex. Nothing, nothing exciting happened. I mean, Danny's okay. Uh, he and his fiance are doing okay. Uh, last Sunday, we had Alice's family had a uh, 
sort of a Zoom reunion for, for 40 minutes. Right. Uh, and that was really nice, uh, seeing all the little cousins and all the little kids and the parents and uh, waving and hollering and uh, laughing and joking. So that was nice. So we're going to do that again this Sunday. Nice. Uh, yeah, it is nice. Uh, and, I, and I think that's, oh, I had a call from a woman in Scotland uh, who's who's a good friend on Facebook. And I can't imitate the accent, but my, my sponsor is an Irish Catholic priest, and he has a thick brogue. Mm-hmm. Spoke just like him, okay? So if you can imagine a thick brogue, I see it's, her name is Kazanga Angustus. Oh, wow. That's what I said, okay? Uh, it sounds like a disease, not a name, but it's a, it's a, it's a Cardish name. All right, and... I pick up the messenger call and she's speaking Yiddish to me. <laughs> and and I started to laugh and she starts telling me in English with a very thick accent. So I have to listen really intently to understand her. She starts telling me her parents always worked for Jewish people and, and they loved these people and the people taught them how to speak Yiddish and her parents thought it was beautiful. So even though they're Christian, her parents came home and they taught her Yiddish. So she, it was just, I'm uh, talking to, I'm talking to this woman from Scotland for 20 minutes about recovery. That's awesome. And I'm saying to myself, had this not occurred, that conversation would have never happened. What did you guys talk about with recovery? Did she like, usually when I talk to somebody that I don't usually get a chance to speak with, I walk away with like, huh, I didn't think of it like that. Or that's a good point or. Well, we just talked about, we talked about, she talked about the fact that she's been engaged to this man. The wedding was supposed to be in June. She already bought her dress and they've had to cancel it. Mm-hmm. So she talked about her sense of loss, her sense of sadness, um, and how grateful she was. I mean, she's sober, I think, eight years or nine years. Um, She's sad that her mother's in a nursing home and she can't see her anymore. And she used to go every day. Uh, and her mother is old and, and not well. Um, it was, I think, uh, the takeaway was that, that she knew she could call me and I would just listen. Mm-hmm. But that's where, that's, she had enough respect for my recovery because she reads my blog and my posts that she knew she could call me and just vent that's and and be sad and i would i would listen that's an is it that's like a a huge gift to know that you can be relied on like that and and to to have someone in your life that can just listen and is not going to sit there and be like well you need to do it this way or you need to do it that way you know yeah it is a gift and it's taken a long time and many moments of trial and error by me doing exactly what you just described, thinking that I knew or I had the answer for you when all you were doing was telling me how you were. Mm-hmm. You weren't asking me for anything. And I had to learn that until I heard her say or him say, Mitch, what do you think? What do you have any experience? One, keep your mouth shut because nobody's asked you anything. And two, even when you're asked, does not in any way require you to answer. You sent out a picture the other day with, um, 
a guy with a bunch of tattoos and it was yeah. like it said like lost soul on the fingers and stuff and it and had like an anarchy tattoo and stuff and it was all about not judging and things and just to be able to like like you said to be able to listen and to be able to see myself in that person or just to be there as another human being as just someone who's thousands of miles away that this person knows she can confide in without having to worry about anything getting back or any judgment. It's just awesome. Well, thank you. It, it, it is awesome. But what do we, I mean, but I, I don't want to make me more than I believe the content of this is, and I'm not demeaning me when I say that, but that's what we do in meetings every day. Yep, exactly. We trust that we can tell you, I can tell you, like the first time I said I was an incest survivor, something inside me instinctively knew it was okay to say that, that I was not going to get hurt or bullied or shamed for saying that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to get, but I knew I wasn't going to get You weren't going to get picked on, yeah. Okay, I knew it was going to be okay. And, and so when she called me, it wasn't that she just knew that I would listen. Her experience in Alcoholics Anonymous for eight or nine years was that everybody listened. Mm -hmm. And nobody told her what she should do. That's one so of the I, main attractors for the program for me, you know, still to this day. It's like that's one of the main reasons that I... I'm sober is because I have a group of people that I can share where I'm at and not, I'm not even expecting anybody to say, you need to do this. And if somebody does say that, I'm like, yeah, they're probably new. They just don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. And then, then, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, then there's times where it's like, I'm, I have people that interject into my life. And I feel like I'm like, why are you bothering me? But that's deep down. I know why they're bothering me because I'm bothered by something because I'm either isolating or not going. I'm kind of backing away from the meetings. I'm I'm not doing. I'm not working the program as best as I can. You know, for me and they and they and they care about me. And I don't look at that as like them sticking their nose in my business, even though at the time, like I've had moments where it's like somebody's reached out out of the blue and says. You need, to, you need to look at this reading or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, come on, I'm not going to do it. And then finally, when I get around to do it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I needed to look at. And they're just, they just care, you know? It's very hard. And I might say it's very hard. It took me a long time to not look for the other shoe to be dropping, to mm -hmm. stop looking for the hidden agenda, uh, the ulterior motive. Uh, it took me a long time to accept that when people made a suggestion, it was out of caring and it was out of their experience of having been where I was, having done what they did, and having gotten a positive outcome. And then when they shared the suggestion with me, it wasn't telling me what to do. It was telling me that based on what you're telling me you're going through, I've gone through that and this is what I've done. Mm -hmm what I got. And if you'd like to give it a shot, give it a shot. If you don't want to, don't. Yeah. Okay. And it, and I would always sit there and go, what are they really telling me? You know, that paranoia in me and that distrust and that dis-ease uh, always, always intervened until one day it no longer intervened. And I just remember somebody said something to me and I said, that's a hell of a good idea. There was nothing in the middle saying, well, wait a second, what does he really mean? It was great idea. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And that 
I moved from one place to another and in, into the place where any suggestion you make is a good one. Well, that works in my life. I mean, it's a bad idea. There was somebody that's been going to the 7 a.m. lately that, uh, that, over the phone meeting and stuff and they kind of backed out and I and I saw a text message from a you know from a friend that's in the room and and just concern and stuff so I think like I like the fact that we're talking about this because the other day I did reach out I did say look forget everybody else share where you're at stay plugged in you know what happens when you unplug and you decide not to attend meetings we've seen it happen to people you know because I know the guy and I I do care about him you know um, and so it's, it's funny. It's, I, I like the fact that we're talking about, about this and, and yeah, I mean, it was a little bit more direct. I, I believe the guy's more of a direct guy, but at the end of the day, it's like, if I see someone drowning, I'm going to sit there and say, you know, you need help and I'm going to try to offer a life preserver. But at the end of the day, they got to be the ones that reach for it. I'm not going to chase anybody down and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's you just, know, it's, I'm glad you're learning it when you are took me longer than you to learn that and and i paid some really dear prices in, in nearly relapsing because i believed you didn't know the person the way i did and if you would only know them the way i did and they said bitch you're drowning and i said you don't see it the way i see it and they said you don't see it the way it's really happening it took me right to the edge of the plank uh, you know, on, on the ship where, where if, if I had taken another step, I would have fallen into the ocean and drowned, uh, which meant I would have relapsed and drank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something inside me, it just clicked at one moment. And I said, OK, got it. And from that day forward, the moment there was anybody in my life that was was recruiting me to participate in their madness. I would wish them well and, and, and just part ways. Um, I remember when they said to me, it's a selfish program. And if one of us has to drink, let it be you. And I said, that's disgusting. How can you say that? And they said, wait, you'll find out. Hang on one second, Mitch. I'm bringing in Aviel, okay? All right. We were just talking about, um, you know, uh, if you see somebody drowning, reaching out and trying to, let them know that they're drowning. And also when somebody offers suggestions, not sitting there and trying to overanalyze it and, and justify why we're thinking the way we're thinking, but more just kind of getting to that point where we're like, Hey, you know what? Not a bad suggestion. I've also had it, Mitch, where like people have said things and I'm just like, Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. The suggestion. And I walk away and I'm like, I'm fucking not doing that, <laughs> but I don't need to tell them. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's great. I always used to say that to Danny when he would argue with Alice a thousand miles away. And then he'd call me and say, mom's inflexible. I'd say, you're a moron. And he'd say, what do you mean? I'd say, why are you arguing with her? Thank her for her input. Thank her for her suggestion. Get off the phone and do what you want. You're a grown man. That's okay. the thing. I don't have to. I don't have to convince you. Like I agree with you. It took me a long time to realize I don't have to convince you and change the way you think. I just have to be comfortable in the way in what I'm doing. You know. But I, I want to go back a moment, Alex, and, and just share with Abiel that the, the way we ended up in the conversation about being able to accept suggestions without looking for the hidden agenda or ulterior motive 
was that Alex's father called him as an act of love to share his, his ideas with him about using a mask and using gloves and that he was going to send him gloves. And Alex was able to receive it as an act of love and not mock it and say, well, you know, dad, I really know how to take on, put on, put on a takeoff pair of gloves, but able to hear it, receive it and love it. And it was from that sharing that Alex provided that he and I were able to move off into a place of conversation related to trust, related to acceptance, related to open-mindedness, related to willingness. And, 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 and that's how we ended up there. But just know that, that we had a, a very nice conversation, a very one that moved me to, to just breathe through a feeling of envy and sadness that I never had a relationship with my father, where my father would have ever done something like that. He would have only called to ask me what I was going to do for him. Well, technically, technically, and just because I know the intricacies of the uh, some of the intricacies of the Gannon household, it was Alex's brother that sent out the mask to both the dad and to, to Alex. <laughs> yeah. That's a system that what Alex and I were talking about was that not just are those actions wonderful from other people, but that he and I, that he's in a place now where he can receive it as an act of love. Absolutely humor to deflect that really love's not an easy feeling well when, you know and i play um a little bit of uh, a little bit of video games with his you know online <laughs> and his brother shared that with me we were playing one night and alex wasn't on the game and he's like yeah i've got 10 masks i've kept four i shipped like two to my dad two to my brother two to my sister like that and just i'm like that's amazing that you know, he's got a limited supply, yet he took it upon himself to s still make sure to disseminate, you know, a portion to the rest of his family. Whereas I, I've, I have like four boxes of masks, eight boxes of gloves, hand sanitizer to last me for four years. And I haven't reached out to my sister to see if she's doing okay. You know what I mean? So it's just, it, it highlights things about me that I still need to uh to work on and, and that's you know these loving acts of kindness um are good to see outside of the program as well because sometimes we get so you know we, we put on these rose colored glasses that you know these acts of kindness we only see in the rooms and everyone else around us is bitter and angry and act in active addiction but there's definitely a lot of love and sharing going on outside of the rooms as well i agree yeah, so that's how we what we did. So, Alex, once again, thank you. Oh, thanks, and thank you to you, Mitch, for your sharing, and and everybody. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, like Abiel said, it wasn't like the the act of kindness my dad did is brought on also by the act of kindness that my brother does, and the act of kindness that hundreds and thousands of people are doing for other people every single day. You know. Even even people that don't feel like they're doing anything just to be able to socially distance themselves from others at the supermarket, consciously aware of, of other people around them. I mean, we're all in it together, right? Yes. And what you just said, my sponsor said to me, I posted something on Facebook yesterday uh, that that we, we save and change lives that we don't know we're saving and changing. And, and I, I had reposted something and then I added my own little postscript 
which was that when I spun, when I first got sober, my sponsor said that if I stayed sober every day that I walked into a meeting, I was going to save a life and change a life and not know who it was, and they were not going to know who it was either. And and I looked at him and I said, you, you know, what a stupid comment. He smiled and said, that's okay. I felt the same way. Uh, stay sober, go to meetings, do service, okay, help others, you know, and, and wait and see what happens. And I can't tell you exactly which year and which month or day, but one day I woke up to the fact that that was absolutely a fact. That the miracles that I began to see of people coming in after me, staying in with me, um, came, coming, come, coming in before me, the miracles were too abundant for that statement not to be true. Uh, that when you walk into that room, somebody's not going to drink today and somebody's going to live because of you. That's just been my experience. Yeah. So I, it's like the phrase that, you know, you might be the only example of a big book anybody reads or something. You might be the only big book anybody reads. You know, There's a lot of power in that, Alex. Yeah. That you are you are the program. When when somebody meets you that has a problem with alcohol or drugs and they want to talk to you, you are the program at that moment. It's very powerful responsibility. When do you think I mean for me there came a point where um there came a point where I don't know when it happened, but a lot of like the I don't know. I just got tired of caring. So I guess maybe it was around step four that I finally started to stop caring so much of the past with me, you know, where it's yeah. like, you know, and, and then it, the rest of like the suggestion, you know, the rest of like somebody giving me suggestions, it hasn't happened until just recently where someone will give me a suggestion and I'll, and I'll just be like, yeah, all right, thanks. And then not doing any, do anything about it, you know, because I, I, I just I'm not taking this guy's suggestions, but I'm not going to be a dick and tell him to stop suggesting things, you know, because the thing I've learned about the room is you never know where the right answer is going to come from, you know? Yeah, um, I do. So I, I just for me, I think it's a like because I want to try. I'm a video game guy. So I'm like, there's got to be a cheat code. You know, there's got to be a way to figure this out. I think it really just comes down to doing the work and having the time and just learning, learning from going through rough situations, you know, and. And, and going through the same feelings to the point that you start going through a similar situation and, and I start going through a similar situation and I'm like, hey, I don't need to panic yet because I've been through this other situation and it's brought the same feelings. It's always the same feelings, you know, coming back. So I don't know if that True. makes sense, but. Well, it does make sense. And I want to share my experience with you, which is, how do I put this? That. When somebody would make a suggestion to me and I would smile and say thank you, in my mind I'd say I'm never going to do that. My experience has been that six months down the road, a year down the road, two years down the road, I'm presented with a life experience and somewhere in the recesses of my consciousness is a suggestion I heard somewhere, somewhere down the lot, down in the past. I don't know who shared it with me. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the, the suggestion and the thought process is there. And, and my sponsor had suggested to me that I start keeping an informal inventory of those kinds of coincidences 
as I moved forward in my, my seeking a spiritual connectedness to a power greater than me. And it became rather remarkable that over time, I learned that there were no coincidences. When those thoughts came into my head with the suggestion you gave me three years ago, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I was supposed to get at that moment. And that's, that's when I began to believe that every time I walk into a room and every word I hear is going to save and change lives in ways I can't know at that moment. So I just wanted to share with you that, that my experience has been that uh, there's never a bad suggestion that I take in, whether I use it today or I don't use it today, whether I plan on using it or not planning on using it. I've heard it. So, Abiel, how was your week, man? Uh, I had a decent week. It was, uh, you know, I, I think I shared with a few of you guys and um, Thursday was or was it Thursday or Wednesday? It, it's these days all kind of com- yeah. combined into one. But April 8th was Caesar's two year, two years since he passed. I don't know if, what you call that. Is it that, is that an anniversary, a memorial? Uh, yes. Yeah. The anniversary. Okay. Thank you. So, um, you know, woke up that morning, posted on Facebook, started, um, you know, went to the 7 a.m., had a great, great meeting. And um, each time I, I kind of tried to go into the grieving stage of the day, it was, you know, my son coming and asking to do something and or Natalie or just I had so much input that day. It was just remarkable how when I allow others to, you know, enter my life, they, they do so in, in remarkable ways. Um, even so where uh, my oldest, you know, Sebastian um, stopped by, it was his day off. Um, he wasn't working and that, which is a miracle because he's been working, you know, he works at Coral Springs hospital and they've been keeping him like six, sometimes he, one day, one period he worked like 14 days straight. <laughs> So it was his day off, and you know, I text. He texted me just, just to see how I was doing, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm doing okay. Just thinking about your uncle a lot." Um, you know, it was two years since his passing, and he's like, "Well, I'm home," and I'm like, "Well, you know, if you like to come over and go for a bike ride or hang out," he's like, "Yeah, I'll be right there." So I was, you know, he came by, and um, him and him and Junior went for a bike ride, and then he, he wore out Junior, and then him and I went for a bike ride, and it was nice. <laughs> ended up being a nice, uh, nice afternoon and, um, you know, made it through the day without, uh, without a desire to, uh, to pick up or use, which is great because I, I have other coping mechanisms to deal with, you know, times like that where I may be, you know, sad or upset or grieving or, um, you know, feelings of depression. So, um, other than, other than that, it was, um, the, the night before that, it was, uh, you know, our, my once a year commitment to a religious, <laughs> uh, memorial that I attend. Um, so it, it was nice to see, uh, you know, 150 people on zoom where normally we see, you know, there's hundreds that congregate together. Um, so I don't know if, if that's quite how other, you know, groups have, have celebrated and observed things like Passover and Ramadan coming up and things of that nature, but zoom has been remarkable just how it's provided the channel not just for us in the in in program but other groups you know outside of 
you know, corporate America. Yeah. Um, specifically religious groups that have moved towards it. So. I, I think what you're describing that Sebastian did is, is I believe what Alex's father did. He said, I love you without saying the words. And, and I think you're very fortunate and, and he's very fortunate that you were willing to step up and play the role that you're playing and be the father that you're being at a time in his life when, when he was ready to be in your life and you were ready to have him in your life. Um, I also know that Passover was celebrated on multiple platforms, Zoom being one of the primary ones. Right. Uh, and people had Passover seders from different states, uh, all connected together, you know, seeing each other, singing together. Um, I know funerals are being conducted on Zoom with people from different parts of the country able to Zoom in. Um, not just the Zoom platform, but, but all of these interactive platforms are providing people with a means to stay connected, which is why, again, I keep coming back to it, and I probably will keep coming back to it, is we're not isolating and we're not socially distant. Mm -hmm. We're apart, but we're not isolated. I mean, people, are, you know, you're doing things on Zoom. I'm doing things on Zoom. Religions are celebrating. Tomorrow there'll be mass for Easter all over the world on Zoom. For anybody that does not want to go into a church tomorrow because they want to maintain a physical distance, they're going to have more opportunities to express themselves on Zoom than they would have had in their own community if they could, could get in the car and go somewhere. I even um, suggested to the kids, it's like, you know what, maybe we'll join a, a Zoom, you know, uh, Sunday mass, if you will, for, for you know, the, the religion I grew up in. Cause, and you're right. It's just like it's, it's a couple clicks and you're there versus having to... As long as you want, you leave when you want, and you're and you're done when you want. Okay. Yeah. Where, whereas before, you got to get dressed, you got to drive there, you got to walk in, you got to deal with everyone saying where have you been, and why haven't you come? And now mm -hmm. it's just like you know what? I can just drop in, and I can pull in, <laughs> leave, and I don't have to say answer to anyone. So you know what the thing is that these links, you can go back and watch it over and over and over and over. Yeah. It's not that you have to worship at the time that they worship. You can you can store it and you can come back and worship three hours later. That's when you feel like worshiping. Yep. If you want some quiet time and you want to be reflective, you can do that whenever you want. There's no and, and this is a time when if you want to, you can go on YouTube and you get a Jewish service, you can get a Jehovah's Witness service, a Christian service, a Muslim service, a Baha'i service, a Buddhist service. And you can experience it's wild how 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 many opportunities there are during this time if your attitude and your spiritual condition are in a place where you're open to seeing the opportunities for you to grow. Yep. I mean, yep. That's, that's what recovery has given me. And I, I think Alex... I think I told you about the woman from Scotland who called me and spoke Yiddish to me, Abiel. I told you about that the other day. Um, I, this, this would have never happened otherwise. So I, I think it's great that, that you and the kids are able to do that. Um, good, good, good use of, of the resources that are being made available to us. Yes. 
And I think Alex mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when he was, he quoted uh, a great Napoleon Hill, you know, from every adversity comes a seed of equal or greater benefit. <laughs> and, you know, this, this pandemic is one hell of an adversity, but you know, what it's opened at least to me in terms of the availability um, of meetings of religion, spirituality, just content that, and, and you know what, the truth of the matter is it's been there. Um, but it's, it's not so readily, it, you know, hasn't, not everybody was using like, at promoted. Least with, like with the four, yeah. like with the, with the with AA the, meetings that I go to, it's because of what's going on that it's now something that's available to, or at least that I'm aware right. of, but I wasn't doing it beforehand. And it, it gives you like, you haven't, you're not able to always hit a 7am, but people have been able yep. to jump onto the 7am phone call while they're getting their kids breakfast while they're, you know, doing stuff around the house they have it if they're in their car on their way to work you know it's like Absolutely. people that have not had an opportunity to regularly attend a meeting have an opportunity to do that and that's just a great thing you know yep yep absolutely absolutely this this is going to change many formats in many places not just in aa but in, in industry as well um I, I, I really believe that this this the the, the the logistics of going to meetings has been changed for uh, that's just my my we just got to get speech. people a little bit more up on the technology because we had a couple people that were like Lou Gehriging this morning you know like they have like their phone and their computer on so they're like I just I just I just want to say want to say want to say that it's great being sober 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 you know. <laughs> Or Lou Gehriging. Uh, That's my term. Uh, okay, no matter how many times we do this, okay, no matter how many times we do this, I will call, I will text you back and say, please send me the information. Mm -hmm. Okay, walk me through it. Uh, that's just, I mean, yesterday Alice got a new printer. That, that arrived and it's this monstrous machine that does all sorts of things and <laughs> it's got teeth on it <laughs> something like that and um she tasked me with the responsibility to get it up and running and i went into a state of panic and i said oh you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that and then i said okay call my it guy so i called jeff and 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 jeff starts asking me questions i said speak english um <laughs> And, and it took me a while, but by, by me using my sense of humor about myself, I got through it. And actually, we got the printer to work because Alex did help out. Uh, unfortunately, it's not working properly, but we did get it to work. We got four cartridges in. We got it, you know, the power on. We got it to print the test page. And then it just is, is something internal is not working properly. So... At some point, we'll, you know, we'll hopefully be able to get it to somewhere where somebody can look at it. But when you tell me here's the password, here's the code, here's the number, I, I, I need four Valium. What I did is um, I, I logged into Zoom with my nephew yesterday because he's been wanting to make like a – he watches all these kids like his age and stuff doing these videos on YouTube for Minecraft. So instead of me getting frustrated and trying to walk them through the steps, I'm like, I opened up a Zoom account. 
I basically created a free one. I had him share his screen. I took over his computer, and then I was just using his computer in front of him. I'm like, all right, so where's your video? Let's do this together. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. But it's it was it's awesome, you know. Grateful for both of your patience with me when it comes to technology. Um, I'm not easy. Raviel says to me, well, you just go on here, you just go on there, and I go, oh, slow down. Okay? I don't, <laughs> I, I just don't go anywhere. Okay? It doesn't work that way with me. It's all uh, good. And he says, that's exactly what he says. He, you know, he laughs, and he says, okay, you know, just, when I get home, I'll call you, we'll walk you through it. And I say, okay. Yeah. And you're the same way, Alex, and I'm truly grateful for that. Well, so thank you. you're welcome. Guys, thank you so much for jumping on and doing this today. Oh, my pleasure. I don't want to speak for Abiel. Do you want to? Um, <laughs> do you want to uh, try to meet and do a Bagel Land breakfast thing in the parking lot? In the parking lot? I don't know. Like, I have like this Saturday coming up is my birthday, and so oh, I'm not going to be which Saturday. Saturday the 18th, Friday, uh, Saturday the 18th. A week from today. Yep. And so... How old are you? I'm going to be f fucking 42, Mitch. You believe that shit? 42. You're so young. Yeah. I'm going to be... Dude, are, you, are you sure? You were 42 last year. Are you sure you're not going to be 43? No, I was 40. <laughs> maybe? Is it 43? No, my brother just turned 40, dude. I'm two years older than him. So. I know, man. You've been saying you're 42 for a while. Now. I know. I, I forgot, dude. I ran through my 41st year saying I was 40, so I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm exactly right, where I'm supposed right. to be. That's cute. Do um, you guys remember, did, did I, either of you know a guy named Norman who used to go to the 441? Storm and Norman. What? Storm and Norman. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, Norm, it was funny when you said to Alex, you know, last year you said you were 42, so how old are you really? Every year, Norman was so proud of his sobriety, and I mean, he would get up during whatever his month was, and he'd say, I'm Norman, and I have 42 years. And everybody would cheer, and then they'd say, is there anybody else? And I would intentionally always say, my name is Mitch, and I have 43 years. Okay? <laughs> and Norman used to say, he'd look at me, and he'd go, i say, I'm only kidding. I don't have 43 years. I'm just doing that to break your chops. Okay? Uh, God bless Norman. God bless. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing. I, I always enjoyed the um, the birthday lesson. You know, some of the the wisdom I uh, Mitch shared with me. He's like, "Why celebrate a birthday just one day if you can celebrate it all year?" And I'm like, "That's awesome. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> adopt that into my life." I can't oh, eat but, 365 but, slices of cakes. I mean, I could. Yeah, but, but... <laughs> yeah, you really can. Okay, well, these days, 365 bagels. Um, <laughs> But, but but that was that was a real second step miracle for me. And I really began to see every day that way. Every day was a birthday. Every day was filled with new opportunities. Every day that I finished without a drink was a miracle. I don't want to wait one year. So I often say to my my, my friends who are Jewish, when it comes time for Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day on the Jewish calendar and it's the Day of Atonement, I said, I can't wait a whole year to confess. Mm -hmm. I don't have that luxury. If I wait a whole year, chances are I'm never going to make it to the synagogue because I'm going to be drunk in a hotel room somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I have that 10th step every day. So when I finally get to the holiday, yeah, maybe there's a couple of things I got to talk about. But for the large part, I'm okay because I've done my inventory.
So, you know, we can laugh about it, but there's a, for me, every day being a birthday, I wake up in the morning, wow. I mean, that's yeah. my wow moment. That's my wow moment for the day. I woke up, I can walk, I can talk, I can pee, I can, I can dial a phone, I have a roof over my head. Are you kidding me? I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I don't have COVID-19. I don't have any debilitating illnesses. I have the insanity of my mind, but I'll always have that, and that's okay. So, you know, and not only shared it with you, Abiel, but I, I mean, for me, that's a, that's a daily mantra. And my birthday, and for me anyway, my, 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 my real birthday is my sober birthday. I don't use my, my chronological birthdays. Yeah, people send me cards and stuff, but it's a meaningless number to me. The number that counts is not August 4th, 1948, but October 6th, 1988. So I, I, grew, I grew up in a, um, in a faith that doesn't observe birthdays. Mm-hmm. I never, mm-hmm. That never was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, having kids, you know, I always thought it was important to make sure they have you know, good birthdays, right? Because I didn't want them to miss out on all the <laughs> things I, I thought I did. Right. So um, for my 40th birthday, and I think I've shared this and some of you, you know, you probably both have heard the story. I planned a huge bash, right? It was uh, December. It was scheduled for December 22nd, 2012. I was turning 40 and I said, I'm going to throw a big party. I rented this uh, ballroom at the Heron Bay um, clubhouse. Capacity is like 200 people. I hired caterers. DJ, you know, I mean, the whole nine yards. And subsequently, during that same period of time, that same year, which, you know, November 1st of 2012, I'm moving into a halfway house, court ordered. (laughs) And and, and so starts my journey. So I remember, you know, (laughs) the events leading up to that big 40th birthday bash, because here I had invited all these people had planned a, a big, you know, celebration yet. I was, you know, at the, at the brinks of losing my marriage. My wife wanted nothing to do with me. My kids barely saw me. My, mm. it's just everything, you know, court ordered third DUI halfway house. And I remember when the manager, um, of the halfway house, the 12 step fellowship, um, owned by Rick at the time, Michael Lieberworth, who you remember, Mitch, who was yes. a big part of my early sobriety. Yeah, um, good guy. Yeah, he uh, said, "You know what? Why don't you go? Why don't you spend the night at home tonight?" And that, to me, that day was my biggest gift of being able to spend that night at in my own home, and that my wife and family actually wanted me to spend it with them. Hmm. And I remember going to this event, and you know, here I am a month and a half, you know, sober and just seeing the transformation of people. It was, it was like, I can picture it to this day. It was like a movie, you know, everybody's coming in. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. And then, you know, by the end of the night, people, you know, the, the, I love you, man. And, and, and to spit in your face cause they're so close <laughs> to you cause they're so inebriated That's and terrible. people doing, bl- people doing blow in the bathroom and just the, the chaos just starting and the alcohol and the food. And I'm just like, I'm not a part of this anymore. It, it was like a revelation for me, like an epiphany of, I, I don't want this life anymore. I, yeah. I, I so, I had so much gratitude just to be able to hold my kids, 
and I look so much so forward to just going to sleep in my own house and waking up and cooking breakfast for the family. That's what I look forward to. It wasn't the alcohol, the drugs, the drinking, the food, the celebration of, you know, and and that evening, you know, was almost like a same, like a goodbye to all my old running buddies, all my old friends because literally from that night that was some that was the last time I saw them. That was your going was away party, dude. That's yeah, so funny that, that you said that. It, it was like I don't even like 98% of the people that were there that were not family, I don't even see anymore. <laughs> Most of them I don't even talk to. Yet they all came, you know, not for me, but for the for the booze the, and the food. The party and the, and the food and the drugs and this and that, you know what I mean? And and it was such an awakening for me. And, and I remember that day clearly because for me, while on one hand I was, you know, I had glorified myself for the big 40th, it, it took on such a new meaning, and, and that was the beginning of my journey. And from that moment forward, I remember I, I shared it with other people. And that's when, you know, a month or two after that, Mitch, you know, I started working with Mitch, and we started working the steps. And that was one of the most valuable lessons is he was like, you can celebrate your birthday every day. It doesn't have to be one day of the year. And, and that's so valuable for me because um, I, I, too, you know, and more excited about my sobriety date, you know, November 1st, um, because it's then followed by my kids' birthdays. Theirs is November 8th. They both share the same birthday. And then my wife's is November 15th. And then my dad's was also November 15th. So those two weeks to me is like my holiday week. That that take, That's better than Christmas, New Year's, my birthday, because my birthday is December 22nd, right? So it would be December 22nd, Christmas, New Year's is always a big and blackout that entire week and a half, you know, of my oh, life wow. was always like the party started and I don't even know how I made it through the first. How was my birthday? How was Christmas? Okay. How was New Year's? Like everyone's giving you the play by play on like the 3rd of January when you finally come to. Yeah, exactly. And now it's November is my, is my special month because, you know, while it starts with the birth of my, my new way of living of my sobriety, November 1st, but it's followed by, the miracle of my kids, November 8th. And then the fact that two of the most important people in my life, my, my wife and my dad both share the same birthday, November 15th. I mean, that you can't even make that stuff up. No, you know, no, you and, really can't. But what I know is you damn well better work your ass off in September and October to have to pay for everything. <laughs> okay. I was Tax thinking the same thing, Mitch. Come your birthday, there's going to be no money left. Yeah, yeah, that's why dad that's doesn't get anything. That's, exactly that's why our, our, looks like it's going to be another light birthday dad we got christmas coming up you know it's like my sister's no, it's she's funny december that you 30th you know because it's uh my my son you know he's all year last year he's been asking me for this gaming pc you know right, which right. isn't it isn't 200 anymore it's not like buying an xbox so we finally go we got him one for his you know birthday if you will um, and you know, come Christmas, I think he got like a pair of you know, gym shoes and maybe some clothes. He's like, Hey, what happened to Christmas? I'm like, dude, do you not realize <laughs> that what you got for your birthday? Remember, that was your birthday, Christmas, New Year's, all in one, and remember next that? birthday, and next Christmas's yeah. gift, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you're you're paid off through 2023, so don't ask <laughs> for Jack anymore. Your next big gift will be a vehicle when you turn 16. That's so funny, yeah. That's awesome. 
lose Mitch? Mitch, are you there? No, you didn't lose me. I had you on mute. All right. Okay. Okay. So are we staying on? Are we getting off, Alex? You're the, you're the master. I think we got enough, guys. This is awesome. All right. Thank you so much for jumping on. And I have been slacking, but I will be working on all three of the podcasts that I have to get up for uh, today. And uh, the, they should be all done and ready to go by tonight. Okay. Now, call, somebody, call somebody today that you haven't spoken to and tell them you love them. Okay. Okay. I don't care who you call. Call somebody you haven't spoken to in a while and just say I love you. I'm just going to call this random number in Kansas. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Who is this? I just want you to know. I love you. I love you. Who is this? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I love you. Who's on the line? Well, it's it's funny. I'll close with this. So, uh, Junior, um, Abuelito, I'm like, on Wednesday, he came in. He's like, where's Sebastian? Is he coming? I'm like, just text him and find out where he's at. <laughs> and so he texts a number. I guess it was an old number. And he's like, are you on the way? Are you are you almost here, or are you on the way? You know, are you gonna get here soon? And then he gets a reply: "You just texted my daughter's iPad. Who is this?" I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I think he said something like he, right. he was telling me the story. He goes, "I I don't know what the pro." He goes, "I'm 12. I called the wrong number." <laughs> All right, guys, All right. have a great day. It was awesome. All right, you got it. You both love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. See you later. Danger zone. Later, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>